Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. I have had an interesting week. Um, also, just in sports in general, there's a lot going on. I mean, the Thursday night game was absolutely hectic. Uh, this Sunday night game stunk, but there were a lot of interesting games for football. A lot of interesting uh, things that happened with the MLB, of course. Also last week, I forgot to go over the Astros debacle, but now that it's kind of, it's actually been a little bit more fleshed out, we got a statement from uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB. So we'll be able to discuss that and what he said. And with the NBA... Mello is back, of course, and then we have the whole Colin Kaepernick debacle uh, and the fallout from his decision to completely change his mind on the NFL's workout. Stephen A is facing some backlash, so we'll get into all of that. I guess, first and foremost, we'll start with the Miles Garrett situation because... People are still talking. It's been almost a week since it happened, and there's still conversations being had about whether certain people should be suspended, what he, how much he should be suspended. It's still very much front of the front line news. So let's get into it. Miles Garrett, uh, he lost. He lost his mind, pretty much. There's not really any way to go about it. He even said he completely lost his cool. Uh, he has been. A little bit of a dirty player this year, but this this is like completely out of the woodwork. If you don't know by now, for some reason, uh, he ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet and then bashed him over the head with it. Now, me and my dad actually had a very heated argument for no reason. It didn't have to get as heated as it was, but there are a couple of ways to look at this. Um, he was of the view that like, he could have killed Mason Rudolph. He should be suspended and never play again. And I said, you know, you got to look at it. He said it, the action is the action. And I'm telling him that's just not how people think. It, it's just regardless of whether he could have killed him or not or could have seriously injured him is one thing. But Miles Garrett got very, very, very lucky, actually, in what part of the helmet he hit Mason Rudolph with and where he hit Mason Rudolph with or on his face, on his head, because he could have easily, you know, busted his eye open or broke his nose, gashed, put a gash in his forehead, uh, gave him a concussion, cracked his freaking skull if he used the crown of the helmet instead of the back bottom part of it. So there are a whole lot of different scenarios and outcomes that could have happened because of what Miles Garrett did. But because nothing happened, because Mason Rudolph, and this is the part my dad didn't understand, because Mason Rudolph is fine, he's going to play football again. Like, Miles Garrett is going to play football again. Yes, I think he's, he's suspended for the rest of the year, or he's suspended indefinitely, which he's appealing, and we'll get to that in a minute. But right now, he's suspended indefinitely, which is definitely the right call. Um, I don't think... Like, we've seen Albert Hainsworth stomp on a guy's bare head with cleats. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty awful, too. Uh, and now, it's not hitting someone with a, a helmet on the head, but that's that's pretty damn awful. So, and he, I think he only got, like, five games, four or five games. 
Uh, Miles Garrett's going to get suspended probably six, which is going to, it's going to end up being the rest of the year in the playoffs as the Browns make the playoffs, which is totally fine, totally justifiable. I agree with that, but I think that's where it ends. Uh, I, I don't think the NFL takes action in go to go into next season, regardless of what people say, but like this is football. There have been terrible things that have happened in this sport. Uh, and I, I just don't like, this was pretty bad. Um, now there are guys out there who are kind of saying some stupid things like, uh, Max Kellerman on ESPN. He's had some wild takes, but him saying that, like pretty much he said Mason Rudolph had it coming cause he, he was charging at miles Garrett and stuff like that. That's utterly ridiculous. You can't blame Mason Rudolph for getting hit in the head. Like, how is he supposed to expect something like that to happen? And why would Miles Garrett attack Mason Rudolph like that? Like, regardless of it, Miles Garrett's like twice his size. As for other suspensions, so Garrett was suspended indefinitely. Uh, Marcus Pouncey, or Mike Pouncey, I always forget which one is on the Steelers. No, it's Marcus. Okay, so Marcus Pouncey, um, he got three games, which is probably the only one I disagree with. Um, now don't get me wrong. Marcus Pouncey absolutely went in on Miles Garrett when after Garrett hit him on the head, Marcus Pouncey was throwing haymakers, kicking him on the ground. Like he was really going in to defend Mason Rudolph. So I totally get why they gave him three games, but because of everything that happened, I think he maybe probably, he probably should only got one in my opinion. But it is what it is. I'm not going to argue with the three games. He was kicking Miles Garrett on the ground and, like, throwing punches. So you can't really blame the NFL for giving him three games. And then Larry uh, Ogunjobi, Ogunjobi, I can't actually say his last name. But he got one game for after uh, the fact. So after Mason Rudolph got hit in the head, uh, he had his back turn and... uh, Ogunjobi came in and just shoved Mason Rudolph to the ground for absolutely no reason. And in the the replay, you could see Mason Rudolph turn around and look up at where he just got pushed from and call Ogunjobi a bitch, which was very funny to see in slow motion. But he gets one game. And then Mason Rudolph, of course, the third uh, person, he did not get suspended. He just received a hefty fine, I think. And that's it. Those are all the, the all the suspensions. Uh, it's a really weird circumstance. I've certainly never seen anything like that uh, in the in watching the NFL for as many years as I've been watching it. Which, truth be told, isn't that long. But it, uh, it's it's something that was pretty wild. Um, the closest thing I can even think about the two most hectic scenarios I think I can think of are Albert Hainsworth like I said stomping on that dude's head and then uh the Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson fight was crazy but that didn't even last as long as uh as as what happened here this was like a complete mess Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan were just like one-on-one punch they both ripped each other's helmets off and were punching each other in the face it was uh that was that was a sick fight. <laughs> uh, it, you don't want to see NFL players fight like that, but that was a sick fight. 
this is going to be interesting to see um, how this works out recording. So the debacle I faced last week, um, before we continue, I updated my Mac, the iOS. Uh, I, I like had a huge panic attack because I just like wasn't thinking and I spent all this time, I had to clear some space on my Mac, so I spent all this time clearing some space on my Mac and when I finally got it, I updated the software and when it popped up, all my Microsoft Word was obsolete as was the Audacity recording software that I was using to do the podcast for. And I looked it up and Audacity is not compatible with the new iOS system yet. So I was panicking, like, oh my God, what did I do? And the Microsoft Word I had gotten before I went to college. Uh, and they, you know, they give it to you. Microsoft does it for free if you just put in like a school email address uh, or a participating, I guess, school email address. And that's how I got the Microsoft Office, Word, PowerPoint, Excel, and Outlook. And I was like panicking, like, oh my God, I don't have any Microsoft Word. What am I going to do? I don't have anything to record on. And I was panicking, panicking, and panicking. And uh, eventually I was like looking up Microsoft stuff and I felt really dumb. I just went back into Microsoft, uh, the new Office 365 or whatever it is, typed in my school email address again and they gave me, I got the Microsoft Office again. So that worked out fine. And then I was looking up and GarageBand is something you could record audio on. Uh, it's very user friendly. Everything you, I'm obviously using it to record this episode and everything I hover over, um, it gives you like little blurbs that tell you what exactly each thing does. Even on the top, like the fast forward button, it tells you this is the forward button. <laughs> it is user friendly. So hopefully it, um, it lets me uh, edit rather easily because in Audacity and other recording, uh, audio recording, because this is mostly for like music musicians, but there is uh, just an audio feature where you can just strictly record your audio and nothing else. Um, but hopefully this is easy to edit because in like Audacity and even Adobe Audition, stuff like that, you literally just you go through the like the sound waves when you're playing it back and you can literally just highlight and delete parts that you don't want in there. And for this, I, I don't know if that's... You can't highlight things, I don't think, unless there's a different tool that I have to select. But when I was just going over it quickly, I couldn't find anything like that. It might be something different. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully this is pretty much... This is pretty easy and uh, it won't take a... Uh, a long time to edit or give me any problems and things should go rather easily maybe I'll even try to add some uh, some ending music also and we'll see how that goes but yeah it was a, a major freak out and I just wanted to talk about that for a second because it was it was really bad it almost I, I felt like I had ruined everything that I was like building up you know panicked a lot and I, I was like why couldn't you just leave it alone you didn't have to upgrade your software everything was fine I've seemed to have uh overcome my problems relatively easily hopefully GarageBand uh does what it's supposed to do it looks it looks all right there's a lot of buttons here but uh nothing that I don't think I'm supposed to be touching but everything seems to be working out so far I am wearing my mic uh my my headphones which is 
something I haven't done in a while, but definitely makes for a different experience. I feel a lot more professional when I wear my headphones. I don't know why, but it gives me more of that, uh, that studio radio vibes, you know? Anyway, sorry. That was some personal news. I know I don't share much of that. And, uh, some other personal news. Carmelo Anthony is back. My guy. Now, granted, he didn't do great in his debut, but I blame that on the Trailblazers, believe it or not. Um, so, in, in case you weren't aware of exactly Melo's contract uh, situation he has going on, he signed with Portland. It's a non-guaranteed deal, so it's uh, identical to what Dwight Howard had with the Lakers. Um, and... I don't know if Dwight's contract's fully guaranteed yet. It probably will be soon, like within a month. Uh, But basically, these are called summer contracts. And what they are is, so they're non-guaranteed contracts, obviously. So Melo will make $14,500 every day he's on the roster. And if he isn't cut by January 7th, if he isn't waived by the team by January 7th, then his contract becomes fully guaranteed, uh, and the Trailblazers have to pay him for the year. That's exactly what Dwight Howard's done. Um, he's making $14,500 every day. He's on the Lakers roster, and that started back on October 21st is when he started making uh, that money. That's when his his uh, contract started taking effect. So if Melo just signed with the Trailblazers on, I think it started the 19th, um, yeah, because 19th, they played last night. So I would assume it either started on the 18th or 19th, and it ends on January 7th. That's a little less than two months to become fully guaranteed. So Dwight's been on the roster for uh, exactly a month now. It's uh, November 20th. He started his contract October 21st. So uh, almost exactly a month. So you have to think by December 7th, maybe, is when Dwight's contract becomes fully guaranteed. So probably something like that for Dwight. And then Melo, of course, January 7th. Um, But the Trailblazers, unfortunately, they could not pull out the win in Carmelo's debut. They lost to the Pelicans 115-104. to They fall to 5-10. and it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a rough look for Portland right now. They have absolutely, like, Melo is a significant upgrade at the wing because Nasir Little is not ready uh, to be a starting small forward in this league. Um, and they, they don't really have anyone else. They started Mario Hazonia. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rodney Hood, maybe. Afrini Simmons is actually, he's getting some minutes now. But Melo, he went 2-3 for, for deep. Four rebounds, 10 points. He went 4-14 shooting. But even Nick Young was tweeting out uh, last night, like the Trailblazers have to stop running the offense through Melo. They're acting like he's been the, been with the team for three years, which was 100. Which is which is true. They started at one point running the offense through Carmelo. Damian Lillard was out. He didn't play because he had back spasms. So that's again that's a enormous hit for Portland. Suddenly, Carmelo, pretty much, he becomes the number two scoring threat on that team. Hassan Whiteside had 14 points on 5-7, not bad. McCollum shot 22 times. He was the primary guy, 22 points. 
Afrony Simmons, 413. He had 36 minutes. So this kid, by the way, I want to talk about him for just a quick second. Afrony Simmons, Simons, sorry. I keep saying Simmons. It's Simons. So Afrony Simons went last year. So he went from, he got drafted out of high school uh, over, it was like a technicality or whatever because he graduated and then went to, I think it was IMG Academy down in Florida for a year. And then he was able, so he was able to do the whole thing where he, you know, passed the NCAA and was able to go technically straight from high school. Uh, But he pretty much didn't play at all last year. Like maybe during garbage time, but that was pretty much it. And now he's up to playing. He lit it up in the summer league and now he's playing like 30 plus minutes a game. So I think that kid, he's going to be, I think he's going to be solid. Um, He's already proven that he can score at this level. So he's going to be beneficial for Portland. Uh, I know he can, he's still, he's still got some in the tank, man. I want to see Carmelo Anthony succeed. Like, I, I don't know what it is. He's so beloved now in the NBA. Um, it turned into this whole thing where it was like, get mellow a job, get mellow a job, get mellow a job. I feel like he never had that much love when he was playing or in his prime. Like, obviously, you either loved Carmelo Anthony or you hated him. And as the NBA evolved, especially within the past five or six years, I think people really started to dislike Carmelo Anthony because he didn't quote-unquote adapt to the game. Um, because he's not really a three-point shooter. Like, he shot 14 times last night. Three of them were three-point attempts. He was two of three, which is good, but he's he's not a three-point shooter. And I think the one... Like, I don't mind the shot he takes because he's Carmelo Anthony. He's going to shoot the shots he wants or the shots he likes to shoot, and you just got to trust that he'll make them. The only part of his game that I think needs improvement is the fact that uh, he he some he sometimes he's a ball stopper. <laughs> that that's the nicest way of putting it. Uh, when he gets the ball, the offense just kind of stops sometimes. Um, so if he's able to play more of an off-ball role with Portland, which I think he will excel at when Damian Lillard is in the lineup. Unfortunately, we couldn't see what that would be like last night because Lillard was out. But once he gets back into the lineup, you have your true point guard. Melo's not the top option, which even if he's starting, that's great for him, I think. I think he'll be able to to work the off ball, come off screens, catch and shoot. That's what uh, that's what'll be like for him. That that's what he has to accept. And even if he's not coming off screens and catching and shooting and shooting a lot of threes, whatever, you can get switches for Melo. He's a big dude. Get some switches. You can get him on smaller guys. Put him in the post. He's still going to be good in the post because uh, he's, again, he's a big dude. So I'm, I would take last night if you, if you're making assumptions that Melo's not going to fit with Portland already, blah, blah, blah. Take it with a grain of salt. Take a deep breath, relax, because Damian Lillard is not in the lineup. And when he gets back, that is Damian Lillard's team. And he's, listen, he loves Carmelo. He said he was on board with Carmelo coming in. And Carmelo is a great basketball player. He's an NBA legend. He's a Hall of Famer. But it is Damian Lillard's team. And I think Damian Lillard 
and hopefully Carmelo and Anthony understand that Damian Lillard knows it's still his team. He's not just going to let Carmelo Anthony do what Carmelo Anthony does sometimes, and that's isolate the ball. He's not going to let that happen. Now we have probably the story that I've been following the most over the past week, the Houston Astros. What an absolute debacle this has become. So if you haven't heard already, the Houston Astros are accused of cheating and stealing signs from teams during their 2017 season. Now, specifically their playoff run, which is when they won the World Series. And it's been a thing for several years. People caught on to their methods back in 2017, and they had to change them in 2018. And I'll go over what both were. Back in 2017, the Astros had a system set up where they relayed signs from a camera in center field to a guy who was watching the game in the, the, the tunnel between the dugout and the clubhouse, and he would bang on a trash can once for a fastball, or no bangs for a fastball, once for a changeup, two bangs for a curveball, I believe it was. And the Astros hitters would obviously hear that and they would be able to uh, know what pitch is coming and they would absolutely smoke it. Now, teams apparently caught on to this um, and they knew about it and it it was apparently a very league, a well-known thing around the league. Now, fast forward to, to this year, the new accusation for them is that they had signals uh, relaying to catchers in the bullpen, putting their arms up on the fence if it was a a breaking ball, no arms up if it was a fastball, other stuff like that. There was also a video John Boy put out who he's been, go follow him on Twitter, he's cool. Um, He's a big Yankees guy, but he's been a guy who's investigating a lot, going back and investigating a lot and pulling a lot of these clips that prove a lot of these points that and accusations that people are making. And now, fast forward this year, they have vibrating um, band-aids on like their thumbs. It vibrates once for a fastball, twice for a breaking ball. It's some very top technology stuff. Very weird. Uh, a huge... It seems like it's a it's a lot of effort to go through to just know what pitch is coming, but that's because the Astros are scumbags, and they're losers, and uh, they can't win without cheating. And now, pretty much no matter what happens, they're tainted forever. You know, no one's going to take them seriously. Everyone's just going to point... Whenever they have any type of remote success, everyone's just going to point to them cheating. Um... To top it all off, by the way, Alex Bregman lost to Mike Trout, which I'm very, 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 very happy about. And it's kind of a form of justice. Like, do I think Alex Bregman should have won? Yeah, prob- he, he, he had a real case to be an MVP. But you know what? Now I'm glad he lost because he's a cheater. And he cheated with the rest of his team. And there was the obvious that came out with the splits from the 2017 postseason. And the splits for everyone except Yuri Gurriel. Gurriel is the only one who was consistent. He batted 300, over 300 home and away. But like the one that popped out to me was Jose Altuve 
was batting like 347 at home and sub 200 on the road. It was shock, like a shocking, dis- a, a very, very stark difference. And you have other guys that come out. So Danny Farquhar, the he was a, a pitcher. He used to be a pitcher for the White Sox. And Mike uh, Mike Fires, who was a pitcher on the 2017 Houston Astros team, he's now with the Oakland Athletics. He straight up came out and said, like, yeah, we hundred we cheated. Like we had a bunch of different ways to relay pitches to our batters. That that was that's a real thing. And AJ Hinch, the rat that he is, was he had a post uh, like a conference, a press conference. I don't know how, whenever it was, I think it was during the playoffs uh, and people were accusing them of cheating, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know what? Uh, If, if these sources are so good, I'd real I'd like to see these anonymous sources put their names to it and we'll see how legit it is then. And lo and behold, the two guys, the two players who said that they definitely knew the Astros were cheating came out and said like, they were so sure that they were cheating, came out and said, especially Mike Fires, obviously he was on the team. So he knows came out and said, yeah, that we said it, it's us. You can put our names to it. Get what you ask for, AJ Hinch. And there's 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 so many different ways that this could end up. Do I think that there like there's no shot that this is this ju- is just the Astros, right? Like other people have been accused of stealing signs. Like the Red Sox had the whole Apple Watch thing or whatever. Uh, teams have you know. Stealing signs is a part of baseball. You just can't use technology to do it, right? That's that's the big, like, everyone's like, oh, it's perfectly legal to steal signs. Those idiot Astros fans are idiots. It's not, it's perfectly legal to steal signs, but you can't use technology to do it, jerk off. Jeff Payson, uh, for ESPN Baseball Guy, he was, uh, he had tweeted out some quotes from Rod Manfred. So Manfred on potential discipline. The general warning I issued to the clubs I stand by. It certainly could be all of those things, but my authority under the Major League Constitution would be broader than those things as well. Translation, he has the authority to hammer teams. Manfred on the gravity of the allegations against the Astros. Any allegations that relate to a rule violation that could affect the outcome of a game or games is the most serious matter. We have, uh, dot, 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 we have, dot, 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 what is going to be a really, really thorough investigation ongoing. Uh, Manfred also said to his knowledge that this does not extend to anyone outside of the Houston Astros organization. So he's saying, you know, to his knowledge, he doesn't know any other teams that are cheating. Um, I'm sure there are other teams that have, not to this extent, cheated, but have had some maybe some shady ongoings uh, trying to steal signs. And it's just a part of baseball, unfortunately. Cheating in baseball have been a thing for literally centuries. Um, not centuries, plural, but a century, yes. Shoeless Joe and the White Sox. Pete Rose. Literally the entire 1990s and <laughs> the early 2000s with the steroids. Uh, using pine tar on the tip of your hat or the inside of your glove to make your pitches spin better, to have a better spin rate. I don't know, I don't know, spitballs, I guess. 
but that used to be legal, to be fair. Uh, but there's there's a bunch of things like that that have always been in baseball, unfortunately. And I don't know if it's ever going to stop, but this is just a new evolution of the way that teams have cheated to be successful in the game of baseball. It used to be individuals who cheated, right? Uh, Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe with the... Shoeless Joe, I mean, that, that Black Sox team is... That's bad. Like, you throw an entire series. That's one thing. Pete Rose is an individual thing. I don't think he should be held accountable for that. Um, or he should be held accountable, but he should be in the Hall of Fame is what I'm saying. Uh, that's a whole other thing I'm not going to get into. Then it was individuals juicing. You know, Conseco, McGuire, Bonds, Sosa, A-Rod. All, those, all these guys who were on the juice in the 90s and 2000s. And now it is spread to an entire organization from the top down. From all the way up from probably the owner of the Houston Astros to all the way down to like the bullpen catchers were involved in relaying these signs, stealing signs to try and better their team, which they obviously did because they won a World Series. Uh, the Nationals somehow did, were able to turn it around and win that World Series, so good for them. Imagine imagine the outrage. I think the outrage is less than it actually would have been if the Nationals lost. Imagine if Houston won that last game in Houston. People would have lost their minds. Or if Houston just straight up swept the Nationals, like they won the first two games at home and then swept them in, the, in Washington, people would be furious. Then there would be, like, probable cause to be like, yo, this title doesn't count. Like, you guys cheated. But because they lost, then it, I think it's a, it's a little less. So now the only one calling the question is 2017. And because that was a couple years ago, you know, you're not going to be screaming for them to take away the title or whatever. Although some people still are, which I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, but it, it is something that is forever tainted, for sure. There's no getting past that. And like I said... Any success that Houston has, pitchers, catchers, or pitchers, hitters, whatever it is, n no one is going to take them seriously anymore. Now it's just because you're cheating. And this is just one thing. There, there's the whole other situation with how Justin Verlander added third, three miles an hour to his fastball when he got to Houston. I don't know what the hell that's about. That could just be pitching mechanics or whatever, but I, he somehow has gotten better. He somehow won a Cy Young Award when he wasn't even Houston's best pitcher. Garrett Cole very obviously deserved that Cy Young. I am shocked that they gave it to Justin Verlander. It is what it is, but a guy who's winning a Cy Young at 36 years old when before he got to Houston, it really looked like his tank was starting to empty. Now all of a sudden is still throwing 96 with a wicked curveball. Like doesn't seem like any of his pitches have diminished at all since he's gotten to Houston. Anything, everything's only gotten better. Each year he's gotten better. I don't know. I don't know, dude. It's just, it's very sketchy. That's all I'm saying. I had an absolutely heartbreaking loss in fantasy this week. It was brutal. I lost by 0.3 points. Um, because Melvin Gordon couldn't get me there. He dropped three, or he dropped two passes. 
um, that would have won me the game. Um, and I lost by point three. Now I'm three and seven, and I'm fighting for not to come in last place because last place in our league gets a nice big fat head chosen by the winner to put up in their room, and I don't want to have to do that. So that was, I mean, it was it was terrible. I was I was furious. Point three points. That's two weeks in a row where I lost by less than five points. I lost by three last week, and I lost by point three this week. It was. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, I shouldn't be three and seven. I I I should have won a, a few games. Um, probably should be like five and six. No, five and I should be five and five. Honestly, it's it's total bullshit. But whatever. Um, hopefully, I don't come in last. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Chargers. Let's start with that game because I blame the Chargers. And Philip Rivers more than I give credit to the Chiefs for winning this game. Uh, the Chargers in the second half of the game just complete just decided to completely abandon the run game for absolutely no reason whatsoever against the the worst or second worst run defense in the entire NFL. They just stopped running the football. Um, their offense is completely predictable. When Austin Eckler is in the game. He's running out into the flat, and Phillip Rivers is probably going to throw him the ball. So you probably should adjust to that, and the Chiefs did at, at one point. They adjusted very well, and that's how the game ended, actually, because Austin Eckler tried to run a real route, and Phillip Rivers thought he'd get away with just throwing that into the end zone. He got picked off instead. His four, He had four interceptions. Phillip Rivers, I mean, he's bad now. He's bad. He's He's really bad. The Chargers also, they had absolutely no business being in that game uh, at the end. But a Hail Mary throw down the sideline to Mike Williams. He made a phenomenal catch. Uh, somehow put them in position to actually tie the game. Of course, Phillip Rivers choked it away. It's it's bad at this point. Now, it's not Eli Manning bad, but he just, he's not making the throws that he usually makes, and the offense just, it can't run, they, he has to understand, and the Chargers, I think, their coaches have to understand that the offense can no longer run through Phillip Rivers. You have Melvin Gordon. He is a good running back. Give the ball to him. I think it might be start. It's starting to, like, you can't really air it out with Phillip Rivers anymore. He can't be throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. It's just not going to happen. Four interceptions, and he's, yeah, I think he has seven in the last two games. He threw three against Oakland. It's it's not a good look. He is, the I mean, the, especially the past few games, he is just looking worse and worse and worse. Uh, and it's just, it's tough to watch. It is tough to watch. Um, and yeah, again, they, there's... They went down by two scores uh, early in that in that third quarter. Still, no reason to abandon the run game like they did. They just they stopped running the football for absolutely no reason. Uh, their play call play calling was questionable to say the least. Uh, Austin Eckler lines up there again when he's in the backfield. There's absolutely no run threat 
at all because he's awful at running the football. He's a pretty much a wide receiver back there. I don't, I don't know. He it's it's really bad at this point. Um, the Chargers are done. They're they're done. Uh, they have abs- they're, they're four and seven. They're four and seven, and this was a chance to uh, kind of crawl their way back into the divisional race because they're not going to win the wild card. The Chiefs are now seven and four. The Raiders are sneaking up on them. They're six and four. So both teams have a bye week this week because they played in Mexico City, which was the field was absolute trash. Uh, people were falling down. The the turf was the grass was shooting up every time someone fell. It was absolutely awful. Really poor field. But next, so they have the bye week. Uh, so December first, actually, the Chiefs play the Raiders, which will no doubt be a huge divisional game and then they also play the Patriots after that then the Broncos the Bears and then the Chargers again to end the season so the Chiefs actually I mean listen I don't want to say anything but if, if things go really poorly for them they could lose they could be out of the playoffs I don't think they will but they have a chance to lose two in a row here and be seven and six and the Raiders have the division locked up well the Raiders have a chance to win to lock up the division not actually have the division locked up. That's going to be uh, uh, an interesting watch. That division is getting tighter and tighter. The Sunday night game was absolutely awful. Rams-Bears, atrocious. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is trash. I think he is done. I think he's not actually done. He'll get more of a leash. Um, But I think Matt Nagy might be done. A year after winning Coach of the Year, he might be done. It is not looking good for the Bears at all. They are struggling to even get like first downs it's it's really bad that being said with the other side of the ball Todd Gurley actually had a game 25 carries 97 yards and a touchdown it's probably the highest usage he's had the entire year Goff only threw the ball 18 times uh gross just just gross Patriots Eagles uh Carson Wentz I feel bad for him but I don't he missed a lot of easy throws at the end of the game there, um, but also at the same time, he threw an absolute dime to the back of the end zone for Nelson Aguilar, who, of course, just, he dropped it. it if you're Nelson Aguilar, that ball's there. I know it's a t- kind of a, a tough angle, but you got to find a way to make that catch because N- Carson Wentz did everything he could. Uh I don't know how many Eagles... I have one buddy that's an Eagles fan, and he's howling for Nick Foles back. Uh, I I don't know if that's the consensus among Eagles fans, how much faith they have left in Carson Wentz. Uh, The Eagles are 5-5. They still have a chance to win the division, even though the Cowboys beat the Lions to go to 6-4. They're only a game back, and they play the Cowboys again. So they're still alive in the division. It's not... I think... The winner of the of the NFC East is going to be like around nine and seven. That'll probably be the record that gets it done. The Raiders beat the Bengals seventeen to ten. Uh, kind of a gross game, but Raiders defense got it done. 49ers and Cardinals in an absolute shootout. Again, who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Like obviously Seattle beat the Niners, but who would have thought that? The two biggest shootouts outside of that one loss with Seattle, put that to the side, 
the two closest games that the Niners have had had pretty much been against the Cardinals. They've had two absolute gunslinging shootouts against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, I don't know what it is, but he has the Niners' defense's number. He was running all over the place against them. Eight carries for 67 yards, including he had, I think it was like a 20-yard touchdown run, and then he threw for 150 and two touchdowns. I mean, he was electric. Kyler Murray is, I had I had my reservations about him to say the to put it nicely coming into the year, um, but he has certainly proved me wrong. So he he's proven that the size is not a problem. Uh, how his game develops is a whole nother thing. I don't know how. Maybe he'll he'll be like that Russell Wilson type that regardless of how old or how 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 he ages he'll always be able to be mobile. Maybe not to the extent, but. Uh, as he is now, but enough to where it's still a threat. So good for Kyler Murray. Uh, he seems like he'll be a staple in this league. The Cardinals have finally found their franchise quarterback. Uh, the Ravens absolutely obliterated the Texans. That was probably the most shocking game of the of the day. I think a lot of people were excited for this. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson didn't do shit. Uh, he was getting eaten alive by the Baltimore Ravens defense. Eaten alive. He didn't have a shot. The Texans got manhandled from start to finish. The Jets have won two in a row after Sam Darnold said they have they still have a shot at the playoffs. They are currently running the table. Updates to come on that week by week. Let's see if the Jets can run the table. They will not make the playoffs. But I would very much like to see themselves see them win a couple games and then further destroy their draft pick opportunities instead of just tanking the rest of the way. Darnold, it was a big deal. Darnold's like one of what he's like one of two guys, uh, three guys to have thrown for four touchdowns for a Jets quarterback. Sick, dude. Daniel Jones did that last week against the Jets. Upcoming schedule for the Jets, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bills. They're, they're, I mean, they have one more game, one, two more wins in there. Bengals and Jets. They're probably losing to the Raiders. They're not beating the Ravens. They might not beat the Steelers, and they probably won't beat the Bills either. I can't believe Sam Darnold said that. That was wild that he said that they have a chance. They still had a chance at the playoffs at 1-7, and 2-7. Seven, and seven. Jesus Christ. That, that franchise is a head-scratcher, man. I just don't get it. I really just don't get it. I think that'll wrap it up for this episode of From My Point of View. There was a, a decent amount to talk about this week. I hope I covered everything because last week I realized when I wrapped up or after I posted everything, like a couple of days later, I was like, oh, man, why didn't I talk about this? Why didn't I talk about this? So I know sometimes there's things that I miss, but... I do my best to try and just talk a little bit about everything. Um, I haven't been to the movies yet, I don't think, this month. So, I, Or, yes, I have. I went to go see The Lighthouse, I think. Oh, no, that was the end of October. So, no, I haven't been to the movies in the month of November. It's tough. It's tough. I got I to gotta find my way there. There are a lot of movies coming out. Um, the Mandalorian, of course, I'm watching on Disney+. Plus. Excellent. Getting me very excited for Episode 9, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not yet. But a lot to talk about with The Mandalorian. Maybe I'll do a, a a recap of everything that's going on after 
episode three, which comes out this Friday. So that's that's something I could I could maybe talk about every every other week or every week. We'll see how that goes, uh, how much develops in that show. Uh, it is pretty slow paced, but I love it. Oh God, I love it so much. I'm glad they put out some good Star Wars content with that. So and then I think after that, I don't know what I'm gonna do with Disney Plus, man. I don't know. I'm binging on Hulu right now, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I think I might, after that, I might binge the Spider-Man animated series, which is like 65 episodes or something like that, and then binge the X-Men animated series, which is, I think, like 75 episodes. It's tough. It's a lot. It's a lot. I think they cut out a lot of episodes in the Spider-Man one, though, because I feel like there was more episodes than that. I don't know. And it only says, it says one season on there, and then it's just like all 63 episodes or whatever it is. Uh, so maybe they cut out some filler episodes, and it's just the main ones, or maybe that's how many episodes there were, and I, it's just really streamlined. I don't know. Because like the 10th episode is the the black suit, the Venom symbiote black suit arc, which I don't remember it being that early in the season. I felt like that would have been like for a second season or third season. Who knows? Maybe they just streamlined it for every for all the story arcs or whatever, and they got rid of all the filler. Which I I actually I like that a lot. I li- I don't like filler. Filler is annoying. Anyway, yeah, uh, this will wrap it up for the episode of from my point of view. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you all next week.